The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Amen. Good morning, church. Take your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3. Get your device, your cell phone, tablet, whatever you've got. Just make sure it's an undistracted version of God's Word that's in front of you. And that's actually not a literal translation. That's just <laughs> make sure that whenever you have God's Word on, that, that it, that's what you're focusing on. 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, thank you for dealing with our parking lot situation. I'm told that over the past few weeks that our parking lot has gotten quite a bit uh, full. And, uh, and I just want you to know that we are making steps and we'll be making plans shortly to deal with that and to expand that in a timely manner to make sure that we all have plenty of room to park out there. If you have young children, uh, please feel free to park up close as you can. Uh, those, those spots are for you. So, 1 Peter chapter 3. We have seen from the book of 1 Peter recently about the issues of submission, specifically to government and to employers. And we've seen how these things, these areas of submission, are of great, great importance uh, in two areas specifically. One being the functional reason and the other being the spiritual reason. We know just from a functionality standpoint that that we ought to obey the government and, and the ordinances and laws that it puts forth. And if we do, it will go well with us. If we pay the proper taxes, we will not have IRS debt. If we obey laws, and we will avoid things like tickets and court dates, and, and it will go well with us if we submit in God's way in that regard. Uh, same for employers, that if we submit properly in the workplace, that that we will have God's blessing on our lives, that we will be the ones probably being promoted, and it will go well with us in the positions that we're in currently and even future positions if we have a good name and a good reputation, that we have not been troublemakers, that we've been people who smile and are submissive to those that are in authority to us. And we also have seen how these things hold very important spiritual reason also, and it's simply that God intends to use our submission in these particular areas for the purpose of God drawing a lost world unto Himself. That there are lost people in these spheres and God intends to use you and I in our submission before the Lord to draw these people. There's an evangelistic undertone to this whole topic. So today we're going to talk about another sphere, if you will. And it's my belief, it's my feeling that this area is maybe the most important, the most, it's got the most weight to it. It's the weightiest, both for functionality and for the reason of spirituality also. We finished last week in the latter part of chapter 2 of 1 Peter, and it talked about how Jesus submitted himself. He was not vengeful, even though he had the right to be, uh, so that you and I, as the sheep of God that have gone astray, could be led back to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. If you're thankful for that this morning, say amen. So now we get to 1 Peter chapter 3, where we read it says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, 
they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. This morning there are four things that I would love for us all to be able to walk out those doors in a little while with four different things that we've taken from the text this morning. And the first thing that I'll say, number one, the first thing that I'll say simply is, uh, is that Christ completed the greatest submission possible. This is the framework upon which we're going to build the rest of what we're going to talk about this morning in this area of submission and the differing roles that God has for men and for women, for husbands and for wives. Christ completed the greatest submission possible. There's nothing that God will call us to that He hasn't already submitted Himself and been through perfectly Himself. There's a great story over in Mark chapter 12 when, when one of the people in Jesus' day, Jesus is teaching, and, and somebody pipes up and says, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And if you know anything of this period in time in which Jesus lived on the earth, uh, the Roman persecution, rather, uh, against the people in this area, they, the, if you were Jewish, you were taxed very heavily. Uh, everyone was taxed, but if, if you were a Jew in these days, you would be taxed at a higher rate simply because you were Jewish. And, and that obviously did not sit well with them. This was very unfair. And, and when this person holds a coin and they say, Jesus, should we pay taxes to Caesar? What Jesus could have said, and these would have all been very truthful things, he could have said, I, own, I made and I own the elements that make up the money. I made and I own the very being of Caesar and of you and all of these people. I mean, Jesus could have commanded all the everything, everything just to be poured at his feet. But even Jesus submitted himself to these governing officials. He said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and render to God what is God's. So Jesus submitted himself perfectly in this way, even in his death. We know in John 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And we know of our Savior that Jesus did this perfectly. So let this for us, husbands and wives, men and women, as we hear what's preached today, let that be the framework that, that Jesus has not asked us to do anything unfair. He's already submitted himself to these things, and, and he's done them perfectly. So looking back, to verse 1, if you will, please. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Now, just to be clear, ladies in the room, just to make it very clear, uh, submissiveness to your husband is not just to anyone else's husband. This, this is to your own husband. And, and submissiveness, when we see the picture of this, there's many people, both past and present, that we could point to to try to 
create this image of what submission, what biblical submission means, but let's look no, to no one else but Jesus to see, have to have a model of what submission is, what this type of submission actually is, because it doesn't mean that you submit to your husband in ungodly endeavors of any kind. That's not what this is talking about at all. What is the Bible saying? We know of Jesus that in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus was very young, that he submitted himself to the teachings of what his father was saying. We know in this time that Jesus was in the temple, listening to Scripture being taught, immersing himself in God's Word. He was submissive to the instruction of God's Word as God was instructing him. John 5, verse 19, it says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. So, we know that what Jesus did was modeled after he was following the lead of the Father, submitting himself to the leadership of the Father in this way. John eight twenty eight. When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. And I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. So the things that Jesus spoke was guided and modeled after the Father. John 12, verse 49 and 50. For I have not spoken on my own authority, Jesus says. But the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that His command is everlasting. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. We even know in Jesus' death, in Luke 23, Jesus says His last words, Father, into Your hands I commit My Spirit. That even in death, Jesus was, was following the lead of the Father in these things. So the two overarching things that we can see about submission, to have a biblical view and understanding what submission is properly, the two things that we can say, we could say many things, there's a hundred sermons right in there, but the two things that we could say about Jesus is that He was following the Father's lead and what He went what he did, what he said, in his death he was, he was following the lead of the Father. Secondly, we know that the Father was responsible for the Son in both life and death. Jesus was modeling and obeying what it was that he, the Father commanded him to do, and he was following his lead in those things. So the second thing that we'll say today, number two, submission is following the lead of the one responsible. Submission is following the lead of the one responsible responsible so what this scripture is telling us is not simply wives submit to your husband so they can keep your thumb their thumb on you not at all what the bible is teaching us in these portions of text is that there are different roles for men and for women women are to take the following role men are to take the one the role as being the one responsible now hang with me because these are not very popular things to be taught but we know that it is very clear in scripture that these roles are different and not better, not more important than the other. These roles are different. This much is true in Scripture. Just to name a few, 1 Corinthians 11.3. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. All that's teaching us is there's differing roles. Ephesians 6, verse 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So we know that as fathers raising a family with children, that their spiritual teachings, that us teaching them the Bible, there's a different role for men in teaching children about the Bible and about the things of God. So it's, it's again, it's describing differing roles here. Not one better than the other, not one more important than the other, simply differing roles. 1 Timothy 2, verse 13, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, describing a difference between the two. Now, 
The common response, just in case anybody's wondering, and you probably are all, all already know this, if you say in today's world, pretty much anywhere outside of church, that men and women have different roles that God has given them, if you just want to see intolerance spewing, you will very likely hear people say things like, you're sexist, your Bible is sexist, your faith is sexist, your God is sexist. I mean, you, you, will, you will be taken to the woodshed verbally by people because this is, this is poison in the ears of the culture today. Now, now hear me on this. The secular notion, and it's kind of funny that that's kind of the notion among the world that Christians think that men are better than women because it really simply shows their lack of understanding of Scripture because if you know about Jesus and about the time in which he lived, People of those days, they pretty much thought like Aristotle did. They thought that women were basically on the same category as animals and simply property to be owned. But you look at how Jesus interacted with females. And almost every important spiritual event, key element things that you see in the Gospels and, and things that the trajectory of the gospel and how the narrative works and and great workings of jesus and the miracles and the things of fulfilling prophecy almost every single i mean the empty tomb women i mean everything almost all of them revolve around women so any notion of sexism that people think are in there i mean that was true in jesus day jesus blew it out of the water completely so make that known the secular notion is that christians think that men are better than women the Christian, the biblical, the proper notion I'm telling you this morning is that men and women are simply different. Submission does not say anything about one person's role being better than the other or one person being better than the other or women being inferior to men or less intelligent. None of those things. What I'm simply saying is that men and women are different and so are the roles that God has called them to. We know that God made men and women different physically. I remember in college at a secular university in a secular class taught by a secular professor and I was in my undergrad for sports science learning about the body and how to become a personal trainer so that I could help people with their fitness and strength and all those types of things. I remember the teacher saying men are stronger than women. Their bodies are stronger than women. Their bones are more dense. Their ligaments and tendons are thicker their muscles have more density to them men will generally be able to always lift more weights as if you're a personal trainer and you're taking a man through an exercise regime he will be able to lift more weight than women that's a biological scientific fact that men are stronger than women women however have more elasticity in their bodies and, and remember that being trained as a personal trainer they say you can take women through different kinds of exercises and they're able to do a larger variety of things because their chances of getting injured and having torn ligaments tendons and muscles is much lower and i remember thinking in that moment it's like hmm, maybe it's almost as if god made the man to be the protector provider and god equipped the woman to be bearing children it's just interesting to see the, the the handprint the thumbprint the fingerprint of the creator on the created we know that god made men and women different mentally uh, men can have laser vision about a particular topic idea or project it makes them very good at achieving goals and and finishing projects at work um, women are better at multitasking and all the women say amen uh, I can hardly tie my shoes and chew gum without choking to death. 
Abby, on the other hand, she, I, no joke, she can be texting a friend with, on her, with her phone in one hand, cooking something with the other, talking to me with her face, and playing with Daisy with her foot. I mean, this is what it looks like right here. And she can do all those things well. It's, uh, women are better at multitasking. Which is better? Neither. They're just different. Different roles. God has made us differently. We know that God has made us different emotionally. Men usually have harder emotions. Women usually feel things. Uh, how many of you ladies have been out with a man, whether it was a brother, a dad, husband, boyfriend, whatever, and, uh, and he's got harder emotions, makes him less aware of things. You're more aware of things. And you've seen him in a public setting, and he said something that maybe offended somebody or, or rubbed somebody the wrong way or he said something and he, he thought was perceived a certain way and you just watched it, you're a fly on the wall and you know that it totally didn't connect and it was right over his head. If you're a lady and you've seen a man do that, raise your hand. Yeah, like all ladies have seen a man do that. It's harder emotions. Women feel things. It usually makes women better at being judges of character. Men will say things like, well, we need to hire a plumber, let's have him come out, and the guy comes out, and the guy walks in smelling like marijuana, and she, he's just like, I'll just get it done, we'll pay the guy, and the woman will say, no, we shouldn't do business with him. He's a phony. He, he's he's going to take our money, and he's not going to do the work properly, and he's not going to complete the job. We shouldn't hire him. Women are usually better at those things. Now, this is contrary to the culture, as you might imagine, but what I'm telling you is that it's not wrong to say that men and women are different. And here's why. It's because Scripture is so inextricably clear that God's value for men and women are equal. When Jesus shed His blood for the, for the sins of you and me, it was done equally for men and for women. Abby bears as much of God's image as I do. Men and women are equal image bearers of God. And scripture is clear on these things. We are seen as equal before God, each needing the forgiveness and the blood of Jesus to forgive us. Men and women are seen as the same. Our place in heaven, those things are the same. But the roles that God has called us to is simply different. Let me ask you a question. Which is better? A teacup or a sledgehammer? Which is better? If you want to smash brick... The sledgehammer is the proper choice. If you're wanting to sip on tea, you need the teacup. Only a fool would try to smash brick with a teacup. And only an idiot would try to drink tea out of a sledgehammer. I mean, you get the, which is better? Neither. They're just different. Which is better? Burlap or silk? Well, if you want to collect apples off the apple tree in the fall time, you need the burlap sack. If you're wanting to sew together a fine garment, you need silk. Only a strange and full person would want to take a silk piece of silk and, and collect apples with that, and only a really strange person would want to wear clothing made out of burlap. Which is better? Neither. They're just different. They're just different. So when it says, wives, submit to your husbands, it means that there's a particular role for ladies, for, for married ladies, and there's a particular role for husbands, neither is better. They're just different. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. Continuing on in the Scriptures. That even if some do not obey the Word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct, conduct, conduct accompanied by 
fear. So we notice again, as it was with submission to government, and as it was with submission to our employers, and as it is in this case also, that God intends to use these things to reach a lost and dying world. You cannot read Scripture, even in these instructional type of things for you and me as believers, these types of things, they're still interwoven all into it. God's call to a lost world, a loving, gracious call to call sinners unto Himself. And what a gracious thing that God would even choose these redeemed, broken vessels like you and me to do those kinds of things. So now if you would look to verse 3 as we continue on. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. I think all of us in here probably, both men and women, have probably all met a lady or two in our lives who is just drop-dead gorgeous on the outside. I mean, just the kind of just suck the air out of the room, just beautiful. And they've got a personality of a sick porcupine. <laughs> I mean, have you ever experienced those types of things? Uh, ladies, what I just want to tell you and what I want to encourage you this morning is uh, there's nothing wrong. Scripturally, we know it says, do not let your dormant merely, don't let it only be outward. There's nothing wrong with putting on fine clothes and, and looking gorgeous. And there's, there's certainly nothing wrong with those things, but don't let your adornment be only those things. The things that are truly attractive to the godly man is that hidden person of the heart. If it's, if it's beautiful to God and the precious thing to God, that, that beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, if that is precious to God, that will be precious to godly people. So for you ladies of New Covenant Community Church, I just want to say thank you to all of you ladies who, who just express a godliness about yourself and, and you've seen that the, what you see in the mirror is not as important. Remember when, when, when Samuel was anointing the new king over Israel and he goes to Jesse's sons and, and he sees Iliad, the oldest son, who looks big and strong, he looks like a king and God says, no, he's not the king. Samuel, prophet Samuel, you may see the outside of a man, but God looks at the heart. I thank God for the ladies of this church who have recognized that truth and they know that the true beauty, the true precious beauty before God is the hidden person of the heart. So all of the godly men in this house say amen. We th we're thankful for those ladies. Verse 5, For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed, Abraham calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Now, this mention of Sarah's submission to Abraham is so very interesting. We know you can read back in the book of Genesis that, that she referenced to her husband as Lord. And there's a very interesting story that goes along with that. But she calls him Lord not in the sense that like we would, it's not capital L-O-R-D as we would reference Jesus or God, our Savior. Not that way. She called him Lord, lowercase L-O-R-D, which in those times was simply a, a way that expressed, it shows us that she respected her husband that she honored him, that she was willing to follow his lead as him being the godly man responsible for their family. She was respecting his leadership. Now, here's something so interesting that I've never thought about until this week. Has it ever occurred to you that, that Sarah, being submissive to her husband in this way, following his lead as him being the godly man and, and following his lead, if it was not for her in her submission to Abraham, it would not have been for the whole nation of Israel. 
And we know, therefore, it would not have been for Jesus who came out of that nation. So the third thing that we'll say this morning is that the Christian woman's role in God's redemptive plan is vital. The Christian woman's role in God's redemptive plan is vital. In Genesis 17, verse 4, God says to Abraham, He says, God says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. That's what was God's covenant with Abraham. Now, it was not as if Abraham was going to asexually reproduce like some kind of lizard, okay? Sarah was a very important piece to that puzzle. Abraham being the patriarch of Israel, Sarah being the matriarch of Israel. And her submitting to her husband in this way had a a vital plan, had a vital role in God's plan of redeeming people to be the matriarch of this amazing nation called Israel and for Jesus to come out of those people who is the Savior of the world that we enjoy the freedom that He gives us today from our own sins. So Christian lady, single, married, otherwise, Christian woman, your role in God's plans is vital. God doesn't need you or me, but but God's plan to use you is vital. Uh, The world needs you. This church needs you. God's church needs you. God God will accomplish His goals for certain, but He chooses to use godly women in His role of, of, of redeeming people in a very special and powerful way. That's why it's my personal belief that the very worst thing that has ever happened to women as we know it in American history is the feminism movement. And hear me on this, not in the sense that I I believe strongly that females ought to be paid well and treated fairly. That's not what I'm saying. I certainly believe those things. But what I am saying is that the notion that came out of that movement that said women can do everything that a man can do. Women lost doing the things that only they can do. Make it clear, there are many things that women can do that men cannot. And vice versa. That much is true. I can remember... Daisy was just a few months old, I think, and, and Abby and I being new parents were learning and, and such a new experience and all that goes on. And I remember just noticing how reliant Daisy is on Abby. I mean, for the very nourishment of her body, for, I mean, just nurturing and I mean, everything. You just, a young baby like that just needs their mother so desperately. And, and Daisy's very much of a mama's girl right now. And, and, and I remember thinking to myself for just a brief moment, Abby and I have always had a blessed marriage, and I just thought for a second, I thought, you know, I'm not sure who needs Abby more, me or the baby. I mean, it's true. It's, it's, Abby fulfills a role in our family. She is the only person on the face of this entire globe that can do what she does. So her trying to fulfill the role of me or someone else, it would absolutely detract from the... I mean, she is superwoman. She, there, she, can, she is the only one who can do those things. So Christian ladies, there, you are the only ones who can do what God has called you to do. No one else can do that. No man can do what you do at all, ever. The roles are different, and they are both of great, great importance. So ladies, embrace what it is that God has made you to be and called you to do so we began with wives likewise basically it gave us the explanation in the last part of chapter two of all that jesus is that he submitted to the father that he was gracious and that he it was for an evangelistic purpose of drawing people unto himself and and it says wives likewise be like jesus now look to verse seven husbands everyone say husbands husbands likewise 
original word homoios, which describes in the same way. In other words, if we were to take the, just a paraphrased view of these scriptures, here's how Jesus is submitting to the Father, being obedient, following the lead as a godly example. Wives, do that. Now we get down to this verse, and it's saying, Husbands, do the same thing. Likewise, submit to Jesus. The salvation of many people will be determined by it. Uh, men, don't let your adornment be merely outward. And usually that's not a problem for us men. Usually for us guys, the bigger issue is getting out of the house, not looking like we've been living in the woods for three weeks. But, but don't let your adornment... God is looking at the hidden person of your heart also as it was true for David as well. God was seeing his heart, not his outward appearance. Continuing on with that verse. Dwell with them, dwell with your wives with understanding. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. In other words, God is saying, men, the, your wife has a role, and so do you. She has her role of, of being your helper and submitting to you. You've got your role also, and you attend to your role. Neither one better than the other, just different. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers, men, may not hindered so ladies if you think god was tough on you with the role that he's called you to unless he honors you in the way that he is to god doesn't even hear your husband's prayers <laughs> i mean that now to talk about tough man i think what god has called us to do is summarized well in ephesians 5 verse 25 it says husbands love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for her so the fourth thing that I'll tell you this morning. Husbands are called to sacrificial servanthood. Husbands are called to sacrificial servanthood. Men, you and I can ask the question this morning, how did Jesus love the church? And we know how Jesus loved the church. He washed her feet. He prayed for her and is still praying for her, for you and for me. He served her. He served the church. And He's still serving you and me today. He discipled the church. He discipled His church. And He's still doing that today. His Holy Spirit is still working among us and still doing those kinds of things. He cared for the church and still cares for the church. He sought her good at His own expense. He sacrificed His own comfort so that we could be comforted. He endured humiliation so that you and I could be honored. He gave Himself for the church. So men... You and I are called to sacrificial servanthood for our families and for our wives. We are to mimic what Christ did for the church and pouring Himself out for the church. We are to do the same thing for our wives. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I hope has been made clear this morning is that there are differing roles that God has called us to. Neither more important, just different. Our wives to submit to their own husbands in the same way that Jesus submitted to the Father? Yes. Our husbands to lead with Christ-likeness and serve their wives sacrificially? Yes. Is it wrong to say that God made men and women equal value but for different roles? No, that is not wrong. It is the biblical and right view. And can I just tell you, that's a beautiful thing. That's a wonderful thing. That God would make men and women differently. To be married together and have this complete picture what what a wonderful god that we serve that that we would balance each other out so wonderfully this is a wonderful thing church it's not wrong if, if you say these truths in the public 
I, you, I mean, you will certainly come against opposition of people thinking that you're wrong and that men can do everything that a woman can do and vice versa. No, men and women are different for the things that God has made for them to do. And only they can do it. So, married people, let this be what we strive for. You single people in the room today, make sure you marry someone, date people, find someone who realizes these biblical differences your life, I believe, will be blessed and greatly blessed because of it. There was a man who was a street preacher, and he was out on this public, busy public square one day, and, and he's calling out to the people saying, come to Jesus, come to the love of God, be changed by His mercy and His grace. And, and there was a rude passerby man that just shouts out, and he says, oh, come on, man, you really believe in all that Jesus stuff? You, you must be dreaming. And much to this rude man's surprise, Surprise, he, he, uh, there was a young girl who was very well-dressed, very pretty, cute girl that pulled on his, his coat sleeve. And he looks down and, and she says, Mister, uh, I, you probably don't know this, but that street preacher you see over there is, is my daddy. And, uh, and my daddy used to be a drunk, you see, and, and he couldn't keep a job. So mom and I would have to, to work in the garden just to put food on the table and and Mama got saved, and, 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 and for five years, me and Mommy prayed for Daddy that he, would, that he would quit drinking and that he would not be an alcoholic anymore and that he would go to church with us and that he'd pray for us and protect us and, and provide for us like we wanted him to so badly. And, and Daddy became so impressed by all the wonderful changes that he saw in Mommy that, that, that my Daddy came to the Lord. And, and then the girl goes like this and she says, You see these fingernails? These fingernails used to be chipped and cracked with dirt in them because of how much I had to work in the garden. I've got pretty fingernails now. Now my daddy, because he loves Jesus, he doesn't go out drinking anymore and he keeps a good job and he provides for, for our family. You see this pretty dress that I'm wearing? Daddy used to not be able to provide those types of things for me and mom, but, but now that he works a good job and he loves the Lord, he can now pay for those kinds of things. You, you see that lady over there? with that sweet expression and smile on her face. That's my mother. She used to always have a furrowed brow and a, and a determination and this, this stress about her because she knew that it was, it was on her shoulders to provide for the family, but, but she's a beautiful lady now. She never has to worry about those things. Church, can I just tell you that what God has called you and me to as men and women, as, as husbands and, and wives, as single people, the things that God has called us to, they're a beautiful thing. And they reap a great, great reward. Brian, if you would come and, and play for us. Would you stand with me, church? These are unpopular truths, but they are beautiful and wonderful. And are our for, they are for our great, great benefit. And my prayer for New Covenant Community Church is that we would be a people that are the recipients of God's great blessing because we do things His way. That we trust that God has this figured out. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that you have made men and women different. God, thank you that we are of equal value before your eyes. Jesus, when you were butchered on that cross for the sake of our sin, it was done for men and for women equally. God, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for for quenching all notions of sexism that would be in our culture, and our churches. God, You crushed all of those things on the cross of Calvary. 
Father, let us be the recipients of doing life your way, Father. Let us humble ourselves and be submissive enough to, before you, God, before you alone, to submit our hearts to see that your plan is right, your plan is perfect, and it cannot be improved upon. We love you, God, for your great and wonderful plan that you have for men and for women. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Let's sing together.